Hello, my beautiful people. Welcome to Permission to Think. I'm Edwin Rushley, and I'm glad you're joining me today. To all my beautiful people who have tuned into Permission to Think, I want to say thank you. I hope I add a value to your life, and may the words shared on this platform encourage you to think and draw closer to our Heavenly Father. Thank you for making our time together so special. I would love to hear from you and what God is doing in your life. If you would like to learn more about this podcast and all our upcoming events, please visit my website, erustrian.com, where you will find all of our social media platforms, blogs for each weekly podcast, latest updates, and resources to help you in your journey of life, faith, and family. I'm excited to announce that my latest book, Letters to My Girls, is now available on Amazon. I wrote this book for my two daughters to remember my voice, fatherly advice, and counsel for life's toughest moments. My heart is for fathers and families and the important role we play in our children's lives. So I hope that as you read the book, it helps you and your family through your journey in life. Don't forget to order your copy today. And now, let's give ourselves permission to think. Our topic for today is Model It, a Leadership Principle to Lead Our Homes. Let's begin with some simple questions to guide our time together. Number one, who's leading your home? Number two, who has set the vision for life in your family? Number three, who has set, clarified, and affirmed your family's shared values? Number four, Who is responsible and accountable for where your family is right now? There's an old saying, and I believe it's a credit to Alexander the Great, and perhaps uh, it was later modified throughout history. But the saying goes something like this. An army of sheep led by a lion would defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. Let me say that again. An army of sheep led by a lion would defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. Who are you? Are you a lion leading an army of sheep? Or are you a sheep leading an army of lions? Leadership matters at home. What are the actions and attributes of great leaders at home and what separates them from the rest? Who's leading your home? Many times, in many families, it may not be a who, but it may be a what that's leading the home. My question to you is, think about your family, think about where you are in life right now. Who's leading your home? The topic for our day is modeling. And the definition of modeling is an example for imitation or emulation. As an educator, I have learned that many times for my students, if I just say things, it doesn't stay with them. However, if I model something for them, they begin to internalize it. But when we do it together, then they begin to do it. And then by doing it and really cementing more in their ability to process the information is by then eventually teaching it to others. So the idea, the principle of modeling, it is such a key uh, principle 
in leading our homes, our families to thrive, to be a blessing, to be successful, and to really confront the many challenges that we have in life. And so I, I want to touch on five different principles today on this idea of model it, and I hope that it adds value, but it allows us to take some time to really ponder upon some of these things. So the first one is model the way. Words and deeds must be consistent. Our families will always pay attention to our words to match our actions. This is where we risk the most of losing our families. Though our children and spouses are empathetic and understanding and at times forgiving, it is not an excuse for what you think at the moment to be correct. This way of living is fickle and disheartening and destructive. So in many ways, when we tell our children to go do their bed, for example, which I'm going to touch a little bit more about this, go make your bed. And yet your bed is a mess and your room is a mess. How are we daring to tell our children to do something when we are not modeling? If you tell your children, go wash the dishes, but you don't wash the dishes. And I'm, this is at the most basic level, by the way. We need to model something for our children in order for us to have credibility with them. When we lose the credibility is when our children become defiant, is when um, they become rebellious because what they witness in the home is not what's being demanded of them. And this is very, very, very key because in many ways we lose our children because our words do not match our actions. When we model something, we must be able to see it through. Time and time again, when I encourage my children to take time to read and take time to be alone and take time to reflect, if they don't see me do that, they're going to question me and say, well, I never see you open a book. I never see you take time to just think. I never see you do all the things that you are asking me to do. So it is imperative for me that before I ask my children to do something, that I must model it. Otherwise, I lose credibility. So let me give you some examples of this model the way for our children. Model courage. What does it look like in hard times? Model making your bed. Making your bed is the first step to responsibility. If we don't teach our children to make their bed as soon as they get up, they develop habits that the most precious place, their bed, where dreams, where thinking, where sleep, where um, you feel refreshed and renewed, you're not taking care of that space. That space is not going to take care of you. It is important for us to develop that sense of immediate responsibility in early childhood so that we understand that we are primarily responsible for the way we're going to live out the rest of our day. I cannot tell you how important that has been for my life to understand that making my bed starts me on the right foot in the day. Make your bed. Model that. Model the way in prayer. Model the way in stewardship. Model the way in communication. And by the way, communication doesn't necessarily have to be you speaking. The greatest aspect of communication is that you're listening. Let me give you an example. I remember my wife, um, we, we had just gotten home from work and, and, and she's sharing with me some of the challenges of the day. And because of my innate nature and just the way that I am and my brain is processed, whenever I hear someone sharing something with me, 
I automatically go into this mode of like, oh, let me give you an answer to that problem that you have. Or let me just give you a word of advice. And, and so I remember that that afternoon, my wife and I were having this conversation and she's sharing the day with me. And she's sharing that it was a difficult day. It was a challenging day. And right away, I, I jump in and to try to give her some advice on. And she tells me, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not asking for your advice. I'm just asking you to listen to me. And I think that for me, it was shocking because what you, you, you're not asking for my advice. And she was like, no, I just want you to listen. And, and, and I learned something that the greatest way that we can communicate is by just staying quiet and listening to the other person. Sometimes when we say, oh, excuse me for interrupting, what we're really saying is like what I have to say is more important than what you have to say, and I have to get it off my chest. It is more important for us to learn the best way of communicating is through effective listening. That afternoon, I learned one of the greatest lessons from my wife that she modeled for me and she taught me that the most valuable thing you can do for someone else is to listen and not interrupt. So model this for our children is key. Developing good speaking habits. I can't tell you how many times I've heard kids in school drop F-bombs and curse galore. This is an elementary school, right? And when I meet the parents many times, then it's like parents are dropping F-bombs. And But, you know, you're telling them, don't speak. Don't, don't speak like that when you're in school. Don't speak. You can't switch who you are. You can't be wearing different masks when you're at home, behave one way, and then expect for that person, that child to behave differently when they're in public. They're going to be in continuum uh, form of behaving what they see at home. And then if you're telling them, well, don't behave like that in public, then what are we modeling to our children? We model that it's okay to be a hypocrite, that it's okay to show the world one face, but at home you're something else. And this is where we get it wrong in our society, where many times we... We put people in leadership who are living one way at home, but then they speak to the masses about living another way. This is deceptive, destructive, and divisive. If we're going to model something, let's model a virtue, a value that is going to lead our children and our families to thrive and be successful in life. There is a beautiful verse in the Bible in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. It says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an, an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. That is the most beautiful word of wisdom I've yet to come across. And the Bible is filled with these nuggets of life. Teach your children to live a life of integrity and dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned. How many times when we hear um, figures who have been elevated to uh, such a platform of influence that when they get caught in doing something, they begin to apologize for their wrongdoings or their transgressions as if to say that, that wasn't the best of me, that was not, that was out of character and I want to apologize. And many times they don't apologize because they actually have strong convictions of what they've done, but it's because they don't want to lose the pedestal that they've been put on. And many times they apologize because they've just been caught. And, the, and people quite often manipulate the language in order for them to then continue to be in those platforms and not lose their status in life. You, we can't live a, a life and live a successful life 
predicated on deceiving others. It, it just won't. You won't be able to last very long. And so modeling this at home, it is extremely important for us to develop. Model the way for your family and your children. Number two, model inspire a shared vision. This goes back to the question of who has uh, who in your home is, uh, has developed a vision for the direction that your family is going in, right? Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Leadership, after all, is a relationship. And when we are developing a vision for our families, it is critical that we get everyone involved. Just because you are the head of your household, don't sit on the seat where you feel that you need to have all the answers. Time and time again, I have sat down with my family at the dinner table and we have gone through tough decisions. And I've literally have said to my children, I don't have the answer. Please help me see if we can figure this out. Talk to me. Where are you? How do you see this perspective? When I've asked my daughters and say, what's, what's your take on this particular uh, situation? How do you see it? What, what I'm teaching them is that their opinion and the way of looking at things matter to me and to my wife. This aspect allows them the opportunity to think critically because they too will go through life's hardships and they will have to make decisions. And if we don't teach our children how to sit and ask for wisdom and develop and share a shared vision for the home, they're going to feel the pressure that they need to do this alone. Great leadership is never done alone. It is done in the counsel of many who are always with the objective of mind of making the organization, or in this case, the family, great. Leadership, after all, is a relationship. Therefore, we must be able to get everyone in our family involved. Where are you going as a family? How do you identify seasons in life? How are you prepared to face them? When you are sitting together as a family and you're saying, this is our vision for this year, this is what we would like to accomplish. When we get our children to begin to be active stakeholders in, in, in the success of our families, it creates momentum, it creates enthusiasm. Create a vision together, include your children, in this process, Proverbs 4, 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 says, by wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. What beautiful wisdom is found in, in, in Proverbs by the way, if you ever get a chance, read a proverb, a chapter a day from the book of Proverbs. It's going to add so much value and insight into your life and into your decision making. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. Get everyone in your family involved to develop a shared vision for where your family is going. Relationships, remember, they take time to build. We as leaders must foster an environment of collaboration and trust in our families. 
Children can provide profound wisdom and insight when asked for the input on a specific matter, allowing them to take ownership and commitment to the query given for a particular problem or task is key to their success. They are now part of a shared vision. When we are planning in our family our, our vacation time or we are, we're talking about new projects that we are endeavoring, uh, I have a tendency of sitting down with, with, with my wife and, and, and my two daughters and we begin this process. We begin to say, okay, so uh, what is it that we want to do this year? And it, they have blessed me um, greatly to, to hear when we have to make some decisions and they, they, they have the freedom to express what they're thinking. But in the process of not just allowing to say their emotions is that we push deeper to say, why are you feeling that way? Why are you thinking that way? And it's the critical thinking principle that we must teach our children when they are going to um, have a, a differ of opinion in the marketplace Many times what people do today is they just silence people. They interrupt people. They're not able to have discussions or meaningful conversations about opposing views. And one of the things that I tell my daughters is like, make sure that before you open your mouth, that you listen. Listen to what is being said. When you're answering a question, you're not answering the question, but you're answering a questioner. That means that there's a motive behind. There's a person behind. Treat people with kindness. Treat people with respect. Meet them at that platform. And if the opportunity comes where you're able to share your, your, your thinking and your thoughts, then you share it. But you share it again with love and respect. The truth will always upset people. The truth will always make people uncomfortable. But it, it should allow us to think and, and deeper about our own personal life and the way that we are going to. So remember... In developing this idea with your family, make sure that we model an inspired and shared vision. Number three, model by challenging the process. What do I mean by this, right? Let's, let's, let's unpack this a little more. Know your family and their individual needs. Communicate clearly and make sure trust is established and values are known. The process of having a successful business, or in this case, a loving, thriving family, is challenging the process. The process to thriving and living a joyful, prosperous life is going through the process with an understanding you must know your family well, their strengths, their weaknesses, and needs. As leaders, we must communicate clearly and intelligently our vision and goals for our family. Trust and values serve as the constant and basic tenets to guide our work. Now, this is a lot to unpack, but I think that in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 27, it says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Now, as we are challenging the process, the process is that in many ways, we must know ourselves. We must know our families. We must know 
the, the makeup of our children. If you have more than one child, you're going to realize that each and every one of your children are very unique. Their personalities, you have one that it tends to be perhaps more of an introvert, you have one that tends to be more of an extrovert, you have one that is very sensitive, you have one that is perhaps more confident, are they able to uh, withhold and, and, and go through some of those challenging but uh, challenges in life, but it is imperative that we are able to know our children and our families well. When you begin this process, sit down and begin to establish what you need to communicate clearly. So that there is no confusion about where you stand on certain particular issues of life, particularly with your values. The process of thriving and living a joyful, prosperous life does not come by accident. It is intentional. It means that you're taking time to sit down and get to, your, get to know your family well. If I'm working 12, 18, 20 hours a day, if I'm putting in 100 hours a week because we have to pay bills, because we have a mortgage, because of inflation, because of credit card debt, because of this, what time do you actually think you're going to have time to know your children, to know your spouse? What time do you think we're going to have that? So when we come home and we're exhausted and we're tired, we are spent. We're in a bad mood. We are exhausted. And now... Uh, anything that comes in a way, we just see it as something that we just try to find a peace of mind when we get home that is very difficult for us to connect with our families. Spending time at home is critical. Having discipline is key. Self-control, it is one of the richest values that you can develop in your life. Instead of sitting down and watching some TV or Netflix shows, sit down and spend time with your children. Get to know their day. Get to know who they're talking to. If they have a social media account, you have to know who are they following. You have to see, this is being responsible. This is challenging the process that, well, you know, I have a teenager, so, you know, teenagers are teenagers. That is the biggest lie, and that is the biggest deflection and abdication of responsibility as fathers and as leaders of our home. Your children, my children, are my responsibility. They're not the responsibility of a system or a government or the educational or institutions. That goes for schools, that goes for churches, that goes for any, anything. It is our responsibility as parents to take control of what happens in our home. How? We must model it. We must challenge that process and, and say, because I love you, we're going to sit down, we're going to have these tough conversations. When we allow our children to just give themselves to just anything that feels right, we are setting them up to destroy their lives. Challenge the process of this social media madness that our children are addicted to. This is a reality. When you look at the studies that came out about Instagram and how negatively it's affecting and impacting our young girls to the point of depression, anxiety, and even suicide, how dare we keep silent on something like that? This is why we must raise our voice. This is why we must be able to speak up and say enough is enough and be able to be present in our homes. Challenging the process is intentional. Challenging the process of our popularity of what people say, this feels right. They feel good. Let them just be expressive to anything that they want to do. You are abdicating and I am abdicating the most precious responsibility that has been given to us by God. We must fight for our children. We must fight for our families. We must be involved and be intentional at letting them know I am with you. I am here. I want to know about your day. I want to know about your friends. I want to know what you're watching. Not because I 
want to control your life, but it's because as a father, as a lion, as a leader of your home, I must be able to protect, because that is, after all, one of our responsibilities, to protect our children from the lies, from the deceptive uh, manipulation that comes through a very secularized world system. Please take time to really think about this and ponder, because this is very serious. Let me go into number four. Okay, model, empowering family members to act, personal responsibilities, and setting positive examples. As leaders, we must give our children, every family member under our roof, the ability to empower them to act and make decisions. Most times, children will repeat what we model, say, and do. When a value is violated, you have to address it, ignoring it, sends a message that is not important. Remember, leadership is all about how you behave that makes a difference. When we fall and when we fail and suffer setbacks, what are we modeling for our children? Is failure final or a learning opportunity? Do we tank emotionally or do we muster enough courage to keep on fighting? Know who you are and what your core values are before you lead anything. Be clear about your own guiding principles and give your values a voice to be heard loud and clear. Empower every family member to act and make decisions. No age is too young. Let them see and learn the results of their decisions. Let them fall. Yes, yes, this sounds hard. And for those who try to be a little too protective of your children, this is going to sting a little bit. But um, please just hear me out in what I'm saying. Let them fail. Let them suffer. Let them get hurt. Let them figure out how they are going to get up. Just make sure you are by their side, but they must live out those experiences. Empowering family members to act and contribute to the success of your Fortune 500 company which is your family. This is so important. There have been many moments and many times where uh, I've had these conversations with my daughters and with the family. And a lot of this, guys, please listen to me very careful. The table for me, the dinner table for me is sacred, is special. Because we've, in, in, at the dinner table, we have laughed, we have cried, we have planned, we have shared visions, we have um, ended the, the, the great task of the day in sharing and breaking bread. And I remember recently, um, I, I made a blunder, I made a decision that was very um, premature, and it challenged me, and I felt terrible. And I remember coming home, and I was a little edgy. Uh, I was a little short, uh, and, and, and I remember us sitting at the table and at the dinner with my girls and my wife and I had to confess to them uh, of a particular blunder that I had made um, and I share with them and I asked them to uh, please hear me out and, and, and how I needed to rectify to correct this mistake. Uh, it bothered me greatly and so I called the, the person who um, I, I felt I let down. Um, I, I, I corrected the mistake and, and, and I moved forward but I, I told them, I said, listen, I'm 45 years old and I'm your father and, and I want to show you that, you know, even at this age, we're going to make 
poor decisions and we're going to make a lot of times impulsive ones. But it is important when you have that deep tug in your heart that you did something wrong to immediately correct it. Don't let it linger in your heart or in your mind because you th then you think that you got away with it. And then you think that no one got hurt. And then you think that no one, not, that everything is fine. And what happens is that when we are challenged with the next thing that compromises our integrity or our commitment or, the, or our value system, we're going to compromise it again. And all these little compromises that we do throughout life eventually lead to a very deceptive life that we've lived. And this is just destructive. And so I was able to share with them to see them that I failed at something, that I made a mistake. And that I had to own my mistake, take responsibility, direct the course of action, make it right, and then be prepared and keep my eyes open for the very next thing to come. Yes, as a father, sometimes you must be vulnerable to your mistakes in front of your children. But the greatest impact that you will have on your family is that they're never going to forget those experiences. They're going to remember, I remember how my father handled this situation. He, 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 he handled it with such grace and such poise, but he got himself up, dusted himself off, and moved forward. And I got to tell you, the very next day, I didn't dwell on this. I moved on. I tackled the day, I put it behind me, and I started a brand new day. And I said, today is a brand new day. It's an opportunity for wonderful things to happen. You cannot, I cannot, we cannot dwell in past setbacks in past failures, we must be able to dust ourselves off and continue by taking responsibility and correcting our course of action. Empower your family members to act accordingly, not to deflect responsibility, not to be a victim. If you did not make your bed, don't blame someone else for your bed not being made. It is your responsibility. It goes to the principle of every other aspect of our lives. And number five, Model encouraging the heart. This is so key in leadership, and we don't see it enough in our institutions. We don't see it enough in, in our businesses, and we definitely at times do not see this in our families. Model encouraging the heart. Refuel those who give so they can keep on giving. I have an incredible team that helps me put everything that I do together. And each and every day, I thank them, I praise them, I, I acknowledge them for the wonderful work that they do to make what I do so powerful. And the, the many lives that are being impacted across the country right now who are, who are tuning in to listen to this podcast is because of the great work that my, my dear friend, uh, my dear sister, who I love very much, Stephanie, is doing. Uh, the great work that my wife is doing and the many people, my brother, and the many people who has jumped in and believe in this platform that I have joined to just share a little bit of God's wisdom in people's lives, that they are giving them their all. They are just spending hours and hours upon hours just pouring so much of themselves. So for me, it is important for me to refuel them by letting them know how much they mean to me and the great work that they do. We must encourage the people who make our lives better. This includes our children. This includes our spouses. Encourage the heart by saying, I thank God each and every day that you're in my life. You make my life better. You make the workload easier. Encouraging one another through the toughest moments gives us energy to continue. 
A few words of encouragement go a long way. It means so much to our family members to hear words of affirmation. It definitely fuels the heart to give more. Having praise moments and seeing success and hearing positive feedback creates momentum for all family members. Help your family win and you will win. Give words of affirmation and encouragement and you will see your family transform. Words from the father mean so much to children. Loving gestures from a mother inspire kindness and benevolence. Plant seeds of encouraging the heart daily and reap a harvest of constant giving. You know, if you ask anyone past 40, perhaps in my, in, in my generation, and, and in casual conversations, you know, we always joke around that, you know, uh, our parents perhaps were not affectionate. They were tough and, and, and they were um, they were just no nonsense kind of people. And, and they just believed in hard work and discipline and you didn't make excuses for yourself. And, and all those all those things are wonderful. All those things pl- played a wonderful part. But they're also in many ways, even today. That when you hear a parent call a, a child, well, you're, 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 you're an idiot or you're, you're stupid or you will never amount to anything or you're just like your father or you're just like your mother. Oh, look at you. You're never going to amount to anything. All these words destroy the heart and the life of a child. Think about a five-year-old child who hears the parents say, you were a mistake. Think about the, the five-year-old child who says, you remind me of, of, of your father, that loser. Well, you remind me of your mother that, that left the home. Can you think about the impact of those? What fault does that child have in how your life has turned out? And we carry that weight and we carry that burden and we carry this heart of unforgiving others and, and, and we just pass it down to our children because I'm angry, because I'm upset that my life has not turned. Someone robbed me of my youth. Someone robbed me of, of, of my life and now I have this quote-unquote, please, baggage that I have to deal with. I've shared with you before how as my mother as 15 became pregnant of me and uh, abortions were attempted many times, that, yes, I grew up with this sense of rejection. I grew up with this sense of um, not being welcome, and, and I felt like I was always at odds with the world and that I shouldn't have been born. And I had to heal from a lot of that. I had to have closure with my mother in that. And... In, in the opportunities and the moments that my mother and I had to really get to understand that what many times may deem as a success, you, as a failure, excuse me, you, you can't write it off for its entirety of life. You can't say that the child is, is, is a mistake when you don't know what God can turn things into. I am a product of that. I am a product of someone that's something called a mistake. And now, by the grace of God, I stand here as a husband of nearly 22 years, as a father of two beautiful girls, and I live and I enjoy every moment of my life with precision and intention to be the best man that I can be, not just for my family, but in my job, in my community, wherever I go. This can only be done by a miracle that God can do in the heart of a person. When you speak to your children, please make sure that you use words of affirmation, daddy loves you mommy loves you you are important in this house you matter greatly and every time you're home the room just lights up your personality brings this joy and energy to the home that i love coming home to please encourage the heart of your wife encourage the heart of your children 
and let's develop that lifestyle so that we can then begin to encourage those who we work with. Rarely do we hear any bosses ever tell their, 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 their employees saying, wow, you just make this company great. But instead, many times, and I believe that this is where many leaders get it wrong, they never offer any words of affirmation to their staff. Rarely, what they, many times happens in many organizations is demand, demand, demand to produce, 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 produce. And yet you've never asked perhaps a staff member to say, how's your husband doing? I heard he's in the hospital. Keep going. Stay strong. Praying for you. Okay? You're going to make it through. You need anything? I'm here for you. How many times, and this is where leadership loses its credibility, when we don't have empathy for the people who make our organizations better, when we don't have kindness, show kindness towards people who have worked diligently to make the company successful. If you're leading a company, if you're leading a business, if you're leading your family, the most precious gift that has been given to you, your most precious enterprise, please refresh the heart of those who work to make your life a success or your company a success. Make sure that as we move on each and every day, that we model the following. Model honesty. Encouraging the heart requires the most honesty and sincerity. Be inspiring. How you behave as a leader matters, and it matters greatly. Competence. Titles are granted, but it's your behavior that earns you respect. Be forward-looking. Innovations come from listening, not telling. Remember what I said earlier, the greatest lesson that I learned, I learned it from my wife, where she said, I don't need you to solve my problems. I don't need you to give me an answer. I just need you to listen. That was so powerful that I'm, I've never forgotten that part, right? Caring, be caring. Leadership, after all, is a relationship that must be developed through time with trust and respect. Be ambitious. Let values and virtues be the conduit to serve others. Then your ambition will bring you much success. Supportive. Be supportive in your home, in whatever endeavor you do, focusing on serving others' needs rather than your own builds trust in a leader. Now, as I'm drawing this to, to, to an end here soon, uh, I want to share uh, some of the most important leadership concepts that I ha I've learned and that I try to do my best to model at home. So our next steps as a leader or as leaders to model in our homes are the following. Number one, leaders at home are always growing so they can help their family grow. Number two, leaders at home talk about their own mistakes before they talk about their children's or spouses. It's very easy to point out the mistakes that our children make or our spouses, but we don't often bring our mistakes to the table. Number three, leaders at home have good reputation and credibility. Let us not lose our credibility at home. If you promised your child you were going to do something, keep it. If not, just to say, no, we, we can't do it right now. But let your yes be yes and your no's be no's. Number four, leaders at home are genuinely interested in their family and their needs. Take genuine interest in your family. It is the greatest investment you will ever make in your lifetime. Many times there have been people who have made the outside of their homes a priority and later on try to make their family a priority, but their children are too grown and it's a little bit too late to do that. 
Let us not be that person. Let us not be those people who eventually to life, we try to find our family to come and be there with us when we were never there for our children. Number five, leaders at home never allow gossip and slander from themselves. This is something that we almost learn and grow. And this is a lesson that I had to learn and I'm still developing in this. That quite often when we have conversations and we speak of other people in front of our children, what we're saying is that, yes, we are condoning that it's okay for you to gossip and highlight all the negative things about other people. This is a principle that I have yet to continue to develop and grow. I share these things with you because I am an imperfect being. I make mistakes, and this is something that I have owned up to my family. I have something that I have apologized to my girls and asked them to forgive me. When I've done these things that I've spoken about people in a very unprofessional way, in an uncharacteristic and unbiblical way, to speak of others, to make a point as to what? As to elevate myself and to say that I got it all together? This is a lie, and it's very destructive, and it doesn't allow us to build bridges. It actually destroys our relationship with others. And then our children, when they see the very people who we talk about are home see them they already have this premature judgment in their heads about those people let us not do that let us continue to grow in this number six leaders at home do what is right not what is popular the popular culture do i need to tell you what the popular culture is saying right now no but somehow or another we know what the right thing is that we need to do let us do that let us Continue to do right, for in due season, we will reap those benefits. Number seven, leaders are home at home, excuse me, leaders at home are servants. Yes, if you are leading your home, you are a servant. The greatest leader in all of history, Christ, modeled each and every principle of being a servant. The greatest amongst you must be a servant. And the problem that we have in the definition of leadership in America and, and, and through our corporate America and in business is that the leader is always at the top. The leader, is, as the saying goes, the leader uh, that is lonely at, at the top. No leader should ever be lonely at the top. If you're lonely at the top as a leader, you've done a horrible job. The point is that we bring others along with us. Leadership is about serving and improving everyone's lives and teaching and modeling and just bringing them to a higher level with you. If you're at the top sitting alone, please like really reconsider how you got there. Did someone give you that position or are you bringing others into that? In your home, you can't be the leader that comes in and says, well, I'm the leader in this home, so I make all the decisions. No, learn to serve your wife. Learn to serve your kids every morning. I'm up at four in the morning and I do my prayer time and I spend my time studying and reading. And then by around 5.30, I begin to prepare breakfast for my family. I make my wife's tea the way she likes it. Sometimes I ask her, what would you like for breakfast in the morning? And I make breakfast for my kids. I, I, by the time they come and sit at the table for breakfast, they get their, days, their day ready. Their, their breakfast is served to their favorite liking, the way they love it, and with, with, with everything that they need so they can start their day on the right foot. And then before we leave the house, we pray together as a family so that we can look forward to the end of the day when we sit together at the table again. I am, before anything else, I am a servant in my home. Before I demand anything of anyone is in the house, I must model that very key principle. Now, I'm sharing this as a way 
to challenge us to begin to grow from where we are. We all need a starting point. We all need a way to just begin. If you need to, I refresh, kind of go back to the first episode uh, when I started the podcast, start with what you have. You don't need to have everything together. You don't need to have everything lined up, ready to go so that you can start something. Start today. Maybe you you might want to start this this week. Try to find a time this week to sit down with your family and begin to ponder and think about where you are all at this particular season in your life, in life, whether it's profession, whether it's academically, whatever it may be. Allow your children to express how they are really feeling without you or I jumping in to correct them. Let them speak. Let them share. Have dialogue. Have conversation. Pray. If you need to ask for forgiveness as a father or as a mother, I encourage you to do so. But have these meaningful conversations and say, look, how can we get from here? This is what I desire to do. But you must be able to own up your mistakes. I have to own my mistakes. Together, we can make a greater and stronger family. It is imperative that we work on these things. It is imperative that we begin to grow and to turn our families completely in a 180 to move into the one direction that you know is the right direction. Shut your social media pages down. Turn the TV off. Have play games at home together as a family. Take walks outside of your house and go around your neighborhood and have these conversations. Spend time with them. Don't sit on the, on the judgment seat to judge and criticize your children. Get interested in what they're interested in. It is important for us to connect with our families. Model it. Model it. Model it. So you know that I usually end the podcast with a quote of the day. But today, our quote of the day is actually a read, and it comes from none other than the incredible literary genius of C.S. Lewis from the novel The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And the excerpt reads as follows. Faced with all this fearful yet exciting news, Lucy and Susan's thoughts go to what Aslan is actually like. If he is a king who is safe, they reason, that will certainly be of great comfort in light of the battle being all but lost. Is, is he a man? asked Lucy. Aslan a man? said Mr. Beaver sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion. The lion, the great lion. Oh, says Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He is the king.
I tell you. Till next time, my friends, remember, never compromise integrity for comfort. Stay strong. Bye-bye.